0: take off your pants. Unleash your true self. Real unicorns don't wear pants. Okay. Hey, money-making unicorns. How the fuck are you today? I'm bringing you a present that's actually a fucking present for me because we are getting to hang out with my oldest friend, not as in she's old, but we've been friends for a long time. Um, guys, 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 uh, you gotta say hi to Jeslyn. Jeslyn and I actually met on Craigslist, which is a great story that we will fucking get into. But Jeslyn, please tell us who the fuck are you and why the fuck should we listen to you?
1: Well, howdy fucking duty, Nicole. I've loved you since that moment I ever saw you. So I'm so glad I'm still your old friend. Um, and we don't get older, we just get wiser. I, I mean our growth has been exponential and I love watching you. So my name is Justin Michelle. Um, I don't go by titles. I currently fight mixed martial arts. It's changed my life and affected me in profound ways. But that's not why you should listen to me. You should listen to me because you listen to Nicole and you have to trust who the fuck she brings on. I was just trying to say Buck as much as she does, but I don't, I <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, you should listen to anybody and everybody that you possibly can. But if I am someone that you know of through someone that you know and trust, which is Nicole, then yeah, I might have some tidbits of information for you. You know, it's interesting. That's how we learn is listen. You want to have the best conversation with someone? Listen.
0: It's a little bit of that shut the fuck up kind of energy, right? It's like people just talk too fucking much. They don't learn anything because they're so busy fucking talking all the time.
1: Right. But then, it, but then it's good when you get the opportunity to share, like this podcast. Like, I'm not going to go around talking about whatever you want me to say here or whatever I'm going to say here. I don't just go tell anybody it, ever. But uh, happy to have it here and now and for your guests because, yeah, I love to learn about them as well.
0: Well, I think we gotta give them a little bit of a jump start so that they they know what's going on a little bit. Um, guys, uh, once upon a time, I lived in Sacramento and I was working at a bar as I did right, and I was bored out of my fucking mind. And you know, I used to be the captain of the dance team and I was a cheerleader don't tell anybody um I didn't do very well in cheerleading because I didn't jump up and down and bob my head the right way <laughs> I was really good at drinking when I was a cheerleader that's what I was good at um but I felt this like hole like in my heart when I moved to Sacramento because I just didn't have any like extracurricular activities and I was a young, um, a young single mom and I wanted to do something crazy. And so I do crazy things. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to start a dance troupe and we're going to go and dance on bars, like Coyote Ugly. (laughs) And who would have fucking thought that people would take me up on that shit, right? So I put an ad out on Craigslist and we had this tryout thing, right? And like I rented this dance studio, which is so crazy to think about now. So it's like I rented this dance studio, and all of these different girls showed up from all of these different places um to come do this dance thing. And so, like, guys, it just goes audition. To- yeah, an audition. Right, and so it just goes to show you that, like, even then I could get people to show up. Right, that must have been a really good fucking CTA. I wish I could find that Craigslist list ad. <laughs> but I got all these bitches to show up to this thing, and in walks jeslyn i think you were late because you guys jeslyn's late for everything so Mm -hmm. she's late and she showed up she had these big giant long green nails actually the same color as my nails are right now but they were much much longer um and i was like oh my god who is this bitch because you guys you have to like you're not getting a full picture of it like if you're watching on the video you're not getting a full picture like jeslyn is like there's like presence and there's like energy and she's tall and like magnificent. And I was like, Oh my God, who is this girl? Um, And then we did our dance auditions together. And then we ended up doing um, a couple months of this silly little brigade of dancing on top of bar tops. And um, it was called Savage Beauties. We did a couple photo shoots together and then we've been friends like ever since, which was a long time ago.
1: Yeah, it's so interesting that just that brought us together. And now I consider you just, you know, a kindred and my my closest, my like my dearest friend, even when we don't talk. And even though we've gone through so many different things that we didn't keep each other up with, I feel like you're just so near and dear to me. But I wonder if you recollect it like I do, if you don't mind me sharing my recount of this. yeah. <laughs> um, I, let's see. I had just moved to that area too, and I don't talk about it a lot, but at one point in my life, I was a dancer, stripper, and I started in Sacramento, and I don't know why I did that. I It lasted way longer than I ever expected, but I I do know that I was okay with it all because I loved performing. I just loved being on the stage. I love performing, and I'm not – I don't know. I was just like, oh, let's see what this is. I had I didn't even know what they did. I don't even think I went to a strip club before. <laughs> and I went on stage that first time, the first day. Anyway, that's that's a totally different story. But uh, when I saw this ad on Craigslist, it was just like, I, it was like really concise, and I'm like, this this is exactly what I want. Just, <laughs> just girls getting wild, you know, and performing. And I do remember showing up, and all the other girls were already in the room, and you were sitting at the table. and You looked at me like, "Hello, you here? What are you here for?" And you just had like this expression on your face that was so intimidating to me and I never my life had nails before and maybe one time since so I don't know why I had those damn things I remember I hated them they were so I couldn't even wipe my ass it was like the most annoying thing in the way I've ever had anyways signed you had paperwork you had to fill out some stuff which was quite organized I was really surprised I was like not even barely old enough to work at that club right but I just remember this seemed really professional like you had it all organized in an order and we went into the little dance room and you had these tall socks that were knee high socks that had stripes on them. And these hottest little shorts I ever saw on a hottest woman I've ever seen. I'm like, who is this chick? She, her body is banging. And I wasn't even like, knew I could look at women like that. But <laughs> I just, how beautiful you were, but then you just had this like aggressive nature, which commanded respect and I think I I think that that's really what drew me in because at the same time I was intimidated I was also bewildered like what this is cool so that's how I remember it and I I remember I was not very good because I never (laughs) did it but you still kept me on anyway for whatever reason
0: Well, we were doing choreography. And so choreography like wasn't something that you were like accustomed to. Like you, you I, used to like free spirit dancing. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Well, exactly. Like, do you remember the Mickey Avalon one? That was the best one.
1: I do remember that one. I I remember the move to the line she gets on naughty with her pilates body. I remember whatever <laughs> move that was. I was like, Aah. I felt like I was like in the flow for that moment
0: whenever I hear it like it comes on you know like on my fucking yeah. playlist or something I like know the moves still like yeah. do you yeah. still yeah I don't know the moves
1: for sure but I definitely get that feeling from back and that's that's when it reminds me of was, yeah. was that
0: it was like it was Mickey Avalon and Buck Cherry right yes and you ended up getting poured
1: for some sugar on me one
0: oh yeah We got that. We got that. We got it mixed. Right. We had like some guy like mixed it for us.
1: Yeah, that's right.
0: Some DJ, some DJ convinced. I couldn't tell
1: you, of course, though, because everyone loved you. Everyone just wanted to do that, do stuff for you.
0: It was fun. It was fun. And it was crazy. And like, we danced on top of bars. And so I went and got us like bar gigs, right? Like we got, we got bar gigs and we would do like wet t-shirt contests and shit. We did did do one. Where was that? Up in old Roseville
1: or something like that.
0: Yeah. At this, um, I can't remember what that, that bar was called, but it was the the sports page. I don't know, but it was the guy.
1: Harbors owned it. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That was a weird part of town, too. I never went there otherwise. <laughs> yeah, super Sacramento weird. Sacramento was weird with their weird little pockets.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, if you look back at these kind of things, guys, and like what happens in your like origin stories and like all of the things that you go through, the people that you meet along the way and you see these kind of things like echo, right? Where it's like, who would have thought that like the skill set of like getting up on stage and like dancing and performing, um, but putting together troops of people and like, connecting in all those different ways like would like lead to like the lives that we have now but like I can see how relevant all that shit was to like do stuff that's super fucking uncomfortable right like do things that are uncomfortable do things that normal people wouldn't fucking do um and like just put yourself out there like that I mean of course this turned into something that was like an entrepreneur and I mean it's kind of crazy I mean you're you're the kind of person that like as this whole time like has just never like stopped doing shit that you wanted to do like I remember like a lot of bitches like we slow down and it's like well I'm just gonna like go be a wife and have kids and do nothing right and I remember the day that you told me you were like I'm gonna be like a WWE fighter like wrestler and I was like what like I mean it's like completely left field right I was <laughs> like I've like never thought of this at all and you're like yeah I'm gonna be a wrestler and I was like what do you mean <laughs>
1: It was what at the time? What was I doing? Some weird like burlesque performance to yeah. horror festivals, like that's what got me into the wrestling. I was went to the venue and I saw to check out the stage. Actually, I was went to the venue to check out the stage because I was doing this aerial thing where I get all bloody in the middle of it, and then after my performance, they play horror films. It's a really cool festival. But I went the night before, and there was a local pro wrestling. In hindsight, it was probably the worst pro wrestling ever. It was like, they cook, that's what's called backyard wrestling. And you don't want to watch backyard wrestling because it's just terrible. But it's almost, it, it's like a like a train wreck where you can't stop watching. Nonetheless, I was fascinated. And I'm like, this is everything. This is performance, costumes. You're engaging with the audience, which I honed in on really well, working at the strip club. is was learning how to interact and read them and read the room and apply the the best music for the crowd. Cause I want everyone to have a great time and enjoy themselves. And that was wrestling. It had all of the elements the stunts and still athleticism. So I'm like, I'm in love, but yeah, I called them the next day and the girl's like, um, yeah, why don't you just come watch a practice and then we'll see. She didn't believe me either. I'm like, shouldn't you want students to come? Uh, no, girls are bitches. <laughs> yeah. huh? <laughs> I know. And then you went to my very first match in Reno.
0: I did. I remember the the kids still have that piece of the table that you guys all signed. Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) They broke a table. Like it was like, like, I was like sitting there with my hands over my face the whole time. Like, oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. It's so scary. Like I thought you guys are going to get hurt, you know? And then they broke the table and did all the things. And the kids were, I mean... My kids were so excited about fucking seeing that. And like, Penny was like, I'm keeping this table for forever. And like all the guys signed it.
1: Yeah, that was cool. I was so nervous that I've never been more nervous. I still never get as nervous as I do for pro wrestling matches. Really? Even fighting, even walking out to a cage fight. Like I do now wrestling was way more intimidating. Why? I don't know. Cause like, what, with fighting, okay, with the performance art and dancing, it was improvised. So if you fuck up, it's like no one's gonna know. Yeah. I just go do the music. And so I got I relied on that. But then uh and then with fighting, although I train hard and fight camp is the hardest, and I get my ass kicked, especially at this new gym, which is like top top notch fighters and UFC fighters go there. People come from around the world to train there for the coaching. And I just get my ass whipped. But going out to the fight you do what you know what to do and you're there. You just do what you're supposed to do, which is you mm-hmm. someone's ass right? <laughs> and not get beat up. And that's like, that's like the focus with wrestling. You have an opponent, but you're working together enough. You know, I'm not trying to tell the secrets of pro wrestling in case you guys didn't realize it wasn't all real, <laughs> case you know that. but don't tell anyone outside this podcast. But um, so you're working with your opponent, but you're working together. So, it's dangerous moves and stunts. So if you fuck up, you might hurt them. You'll hurt yourself. You'll hurt each other. Um, also there's a, a flow, even though it's not choreographed, if you're off, it just looks goofy and you just look not right. And the audience can feel it. Like, I don't know what it is about pro wrestling fans, but they can sense it and feel it when you're just not on. Whereas I think dancing, it's easier to hide those moments. Um, not only is it those moves and how to keep each other safe, but you're telling a story and not only the story about you two together, but you're still having to be your character and show who you are as your character, because they're like, Oh wait, who's a bad guy. Who's a good guy. Like I'm confused. Should I be cheering? People want to know who to cheer for people want to know who to hate. That's like what it is in the pro wrestling world. You have to have the antagonist protagonist and they have to choose sides. It's, it's like any entertainment, any movie you have to have, and then there's a climax that you have to hit. And if you don't hit that, then it's like a, a um, dud, you know, and then the whole match just blows, it, especially if you come too early. And <laughs> I didn't mean to say like that, but like, you know, if it's too soon, then no one got excited enough to really feel it. And then it's over and it sucks. So it's like just all these things that you have to make sure happen in the match to make it entertaining. For yeah. wrestling challenging.
0: It's a craft. It's It's very intricate. It's a lot of fucking layers to like yep. pull that off. How did you choose? How did you choose your character? Tell us about your character. I didn't know what the fuck to choose. And I realized that. And I'm
1: thankful that pro wrestling showed me how not confident in myself I was. I always grew up thinking I was kind of confident, but I think I just, because just, they're like, oh, you do performances or you're a dancer, you're able to dance. You must have some kind of confidence. But I'm like, I think I did those things because I lacked it. And those were, those were like things I could do to hide it and show like, this isn't who I really am. This is what I'm doing, not being so wrestling was, you are supposed to choose a character that's yourself, but magnified and then all your qualities, but like totally times a thousand built up or things that you love about yourself. Like if you are acrobatic, you're going to do the high flying stuff. So your character is going to be flying Brian, you know? whatever. So that's how you find your character. But I was like, man, I don't know. I don't know what I am or what I do. So that was, I actually feel like not being sure kind of delayed my progression and then not being confident or realizing how good I got with a character that I eventually found, um, also kept me from excelling, but I'm glad things always work out for me. And I'm glad I am where I'm at right now with fighting thanks to pro wrestling. Um, but yeah, my character ended up when I finally got in the groove, it ended up being like a, I didn't, I never wanted to be girly. I never wanted to like be too, uh, sexy. Cause I was already doing that with everything else and I wanted people to take me serious. So I like ended up being this like big, like scary, I'm a five foot 10. So I was taller than all my female opponents, body slamming queen, right? I just pick them up. Like, my moves are big. That just ended up picking them up and slamming them even the men even a 275 pound man I threw across <laughs> the ring so that people liked to see that I think um and I I th- I realized later and only recently um that was kind of like my way to get over stuff that happened to me in the past in a cathartic way that therapeutic way of I'm in control. I'm throwing these men around, I'm in control. So that's a whole nother topic, but it very much goes hand in hand. And I think that pro wrestling healed me in that sense. Um, and then also showed me how not confident I was and then gave me the therapy to deal with some bullshit. And now I have a lot more confidence.
0: So it's in a very interesting yeah. identity build, right? Like a way to build up the identity from the inside out through kind of this like expressive layer of art, but also like the physicality of like working through all of this shit. Like, yeah, there's gosh. a lot that goes into that. Absolutely. And I, I,
1: gosh, you just made me have this realization because I was having shoulder problems for so long. Uh, and a, a lot of it probably came from pro wrestling and suplexing two guys at once and <laughs> not really having proper form. But I think that I fostered an environment in my body to release the, uh, what I've learned, ancestral and genetic DNA that had trauma that was passed out. So um, I, I this is like way jumping the gun on our topics, but like totally because of those movements, it, it brought that out because of what I was doing physically, it brought that out. And as opposed to it being stuck inside my body it came out when i had to deal with it and what, now that i've dealt with it that pain is gone finally but it also took me on a journey of inner search healing pains making discoveries and i went went through it with many healers many different types of therapies and especially women healers including yourself
0: uh, i mean it's it's a crazy thing like how much that gets stored and like you know, even if it's, if we don't even have to call it trauma, it's just, you know, the experiences that we've had in our life get stored in our cellular DNA and get repeated out through our, our bodies and through generations to come. And mm-hmm. even societal norms are created from that kind of awareness in ourselves. And so when we can come up with different modalities to move that energy and to get the trap shit out of there, it's amazing who we can become as we can. It's like snakes shedding their skin, right? It's like you take yes. that that old DNA and replicate it out and like create the whole new fucking identity along the way. It's it, it's interesting yeah. to talk into that healing. Yeah. I'm, and I'm thankful that
1: because of the movements of my body, because our bodies are meant to move, it, that it didn't just stay there. Like, Someone's like, well, you wouldn't have been in pain if you didn't do all that. You would never felt it. I'm like, eventually it would have festered somewhere, somewhere, because I am certain through three years, practically of going through it, that it came one, one came from direct experiences of childhood and one came from my ancestors Mm -hmm. and my other. So, I mean, that took a lot of like going deep. And if I didn't have that, that is, I don't want to say trauma, but like that physical uh challenge all those challenges of being physical, hitting the mat, getting landed on, picking up bodies, um, and then and then getting in the middle of that, getting into jujitsu and MMA fighting. I started my I did my first amateur fight, still pro wrestling. Um then the body's like, okay, there's some stuff coming out. I'm loose, it's time.
0: But yeah, I definitely think it would have come out later, sooner or later. I agree what do you think like that transitionary piece like what an interesting thing to make the shift from wrestling to fighting and like I mean physicality like that makes sense but like it's a pretty big mindset shift to go from the theatrics and the the layering of the characters from from that whole wrestling world into the fights like what happened like why did that shift for you
1: yeah um it's nothing alike. I know some fighters that are like, oh, when I retire fighting, I'll get to pro wrestling. I'm like, it's way harder. Okay. <laughs> Don't just think that you're going to retire. I think you can go into this and be like, ah, I'm a showman now. No, it's not going it to, doesn't work like that. You really have to have a heart for it. Um, but it, it, I knew nothing about either of them when I started I, any of them. Honestly, I knew nothing. I didn't watch much of it, any of it, except a little bit of Ronda Rousey. And then, um, <clears throat> that's, that's what happened. So I was pro wrestling. I think, I think I just had my first match and then maybe another one. And then I was like, maybe I should learn something real to maybe just enhance this, the skill set because these are big moves and all these pro wrestling moves. I didn't even know came from actual moves because they were just like theatrical stunts to me. I didn't know. It was like, oh, this is a hip toss from, from judo, but we just make it really big. And make it look flashier. I didn't even know that. So I was like, well, I'll learn some MMA. That's cool. It's going on right now. So I went to this tiniest little, <laughs> I didn't know. I went to this tiniest little gym that said MMA. And I walked in and they're like, "Uh, uh there's no class tonight, but we have jujitsu. I'm like, what the hell is that? They're like, "Well, yeah, just try it. Here's a gi and just come I'm like, what's a gi? The kimono thing. So I wore this gi, and I just sat there. And I don't really remember the technique he was showing, but I didn't know what the fuck he was talking about. But then we did live rolls, as we do after technique of every class. And I'm big and strong and athletic, like I've always been, and I've been pro wrestling, picking bodies up and feeling all cool like that. And uh these little girls were choking me out with my own clothing left and right. Just like grabbing me and just getting a little. Hand. I'm like and i'm like i like what the hell is happening and i was fascinated and i was hooked i was fascinated then i was hooked and i think that our, my sensei his name is Jamie Hara i think there was just something really special about him too that like like this there's something going on here and i it's mean and it hurts and i love it
0: jujutsu is so interesting because it's like chess you know, that's a big mental game. And I've been watching Nathan learn this skill set, you know, and then like watching him like go through it. I mean, as a little kid and kind of build everything up, like it's been so incredible to not just watch his, like the physical part of it, because it's terrifying as a mom to watch these things. But the mental development that I've seen him build from being in there is just fucking astounding. Like, it's so cool. It's a total mindfuck.
1: It's amazing. I just recorded this little story about that. Um, basically saying whatever does or doesn't come from my life doing well, MMA now I'm like, what I've gained mentally is exponential. Like what it's done for me and we can talk about it. I don't want to jump to it yet, but like that alone is priceless. And I love seeing Nathan just grow into this man. He's like this young man now. And yeah, it just, At first, I was using too much muscle, and I was bigger and stronger. So once I once I started understanding, I could get away with muscling everything. But then I'm like, okay, now I'm tired, and I didn't. And and they expected me to do that, so they conceded. Which in jujitsu you do because it's a flow, and you don't force. And now they're catching me with everything else. So that's where the chess game comes in, where you have to understand where to expect what they're going to react with, and then have a plan for all that. There's always options. That didn't come to me till. 3 years ago. So, I'd been doing jiu-jitsu for 3 years before I even that even clicked. Yeah. And yeah. And in the meantime, I guess it it definitely helped me understand my body just w- without knowing how to play chess, understanding my body moving. Like you're just more aware of every limb or where someone's limb is compared to you or where your hips are or just a, a minute movement can free you from a position that you were stuck in. And that that's what I think the first few years helped me with is just like understanding my my spatial awareness, my body in space.
0: It's an incredible sport to, to watch somebody learn like, I mean, in watching Nathan's development through it, like, I I mean, obviously as a gymnast, like we had to do that too. Right. Like in gymnastics, it was like very much about spatial awareness, understanding every move of every muscle. It's like, you'd be in it, you'd be working on a super complex trick. Right. And it was like, you couldn't fucking stick the thing. And like your coach would be like, you need to like, like literally like just squeeze your fingertips a little bit harder. And you'd be like, that's never going to fucking work. Right. And then you would do it and you'd stick the fucking thing. And you're like, what the hell? (laughs) But But that's true muscle control right yeah muscle control it's such an interesting um like piece of our mind to be able to control our bodies in that way and yeah. to see the results reflected back i mean and honestly i mean it's very it's it's very much an entrepreneurial skill set to be able to yeah. make micro adjustments like that too it is it really is and just to have that relationship to grow
1: the relationship with your body yeah and then i started realizing how much i am not my body but i'm controlling it so yeah, I can tell it what to do whenever I want. And it talks back to me and tells me what it needs, And I listen. So that that relationship has just budded and blew am in love with it. Thank you, buddy.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a cool thing to see all of the pieces. And I mean, I don't know, like the mental game of the fight too. Like I've seen you progress so much just in your mindset and the way that you perceive everything and the way that your behavior is. And like, I mean, your content on social media, like all of the things like, to be able to be in the ring like that, taking hits, like hits to the face. <laughs> like no a, hits.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm blocked. I learned how to block better. Now. Them. <laughs> just been like, eating it and going forward. But, well, so that's, what's weird is like, I was doing jujitsu for one year and they're like, Hey, you want to, you want to f- do a fight? And I'm like, I do pro wrestling. I don't really want to get hit. They don't really hit you in pro wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> But then I thought about it, I'm like, maybe, maybe doing that and having an experience. Cause I, I'm all about experiences. I like experiences. I think that that's where, where I think that could resolve a lot of our issues. If we just got out there and had any new experience, even if it's small, learn something new, right? That's what they say every day, every single day. So it's like, maybe the experience of having a real fight, I could apply to the pro wrestling and like really believe it feel it and let the crowd see the, the, genuine like emotion coming from what what it's like to walk out um but that first fight was the scariest feeling i ever had in my fucking life it was scary to watch you i was so scared <laughs> first fight and then the fight itself was I, the most boring fight in the whole world it's, it was so embarrassing it's the most embarrassing boring fight <laughs> that ended in a minute and a half
0: i was terrified i was like don't hit my friend <laughs> Oh, thank
1: you. Yeah. And it was for a big, bigger promotion, King of the Cage. And this girl, like, was a kickboxer. And I'm like, I don't know how to kick. I was just doing jujitsu. I didn't know how to punch.
0: I remember, uh, I remember Alona messaging me and she's like, I see Jessalyn on TV. I see her on TV. And she was so excited the first time that she saw you fighting on, on TV. She was like over the fucking moon about it. Cause well, and that bitch, like she really watches wrestling. Like she's watched wrestling always. Like she's so oh, like, yeah she, wrestling. yeah, she, I know I'm like, wow,
1: people actually, she, she is legit your biggest fan. <laughs> that is so funny. So that's, so in the meantime too, I was getting hired and booked as WWE extra for SmackDown and Raw. And that, that's like, they hire independent wrestlers and we're hoping that we can do a match in front of them so they could see our skill and, and just get to know us and see our personality and get signed. Yeah. Obviously getting signed means sign your life away. So I'm kind of glad it didn't work out, but, um, it was fun to be backstage, have catering. You just sit back there unless they have a spot for you, but they never really know until the day of or like they never really know until they build the match. They have a bunch of writers that build the match before the doors open with the wrestlers. They talk about what they want to do. And then sometimes they're like, oh, well, let's bring in a audience member that sits front row and it disrupts the match. And you give them a clothesline and slam them down. So like they just come up with stuff. So they just need extra bodies to basically beat up. So that was us. And uh, yeah, I had several. I don't even I, I never even watched them there are several incidences where i was there and alona saw me every single time like that chick watches this every Monday night every Monday night raw she,
0: so she watched them all her and her kids fucking watch that watch that shit all the time and so like, she she called me and she was like Oh my gosh, <laughs> i wonder if
1: she should if she hasn't like saved or i don't even know how to find it
0: <laughs> you have to google it <laughs> let's see if it's on there somewhere but, but i know It's it's such a crazy thing now to like look at you in these like fights, right? And like now that it's real and like we're you're actually, you know, really in the ring doing all the things, like what is it like mindset-wise to go through that? I mean, I think that like with pasts like ours and like where we actually had situations where we're kind of, you know, in danger and fighting for our lives, like what does it feel like? What's the difference between that, between these kind of fights and like I mean, real violence, you know?
1: Sure. Um, well, I don't see it as violence anymore. Um, my mom even went to a sparring, one of my trainings that I was sparring and they're doing techniques and stuff. And she's like, don't you just get so mad? Don't you hate them? How do you, how do you hate them enough to want to hit them like that? Like, I don't get mad and we don't hate them. This is like an understanding of martial arts. It's the art of it. So I think what had to change in my mindset compared to my first fight, that first fight that I was scared to death and was most boring fight ever. I did, I did have like a, her stupid butterfly tattoo. "Eh, I'm going to beat her up or like, you know, just like scared thoughts of being defensive and thinking I was all tougher. Right. But I've been humbled for sure. Even though I only, I've won all the fights until this last one recently, but I've been humbled before that. And it, because it is not, about the violence. It's, it's such a beautiful craft and art where you can use the mind and the body to move and conduct these, just these movements. So in order, so your mind and body were working together, actually, no, you're utilizing your mind and body together to conduct these movements that, that create a, a result that, It's like whoa, I did that. Like, like it's, it's more about that for me now. Like, seeing the result of something that you learned how to do and it came to fruition. It's simply that. And then, and then understanding how to respond, not react, when someone does something to you, and having the answer or having the capacity to, to not react or overthink or freak the fuck out like that's still something I'm working on but like it's really that's really what it's about for me right now and that's a way different mindset that has nothing to do with pro wrestling or performance um, and so that's why it's very much a lonely sport even though you have a whole team and all these coaches you're just in there with yourself and everything that you honed in on and practice and that your muscles re- will remember to do it's an incredible amount of emotional regulation. And it's scary as fuck. So yeah, the emotions and anxiety that you can feel if you don't know, if you don't have the tools to handle and manage all that, you can go crazy.
0: You do a lot of mindset work now. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I I just mentioned
1: this to someone 10 years ago, my dad took me to my first ayahuasca meeting and we're in a group. The shaman was an angel. He glued. He just, is that a word? He was glowing. <laughs> all of the time, he wore white. And he, during the ceremony, he sang. He literally sang out of his mouth without stopping for nine hours straight. And it sounded like an angel. It sounded perfect. I've never heard a voice like that. Anyhow, in the middle of it all, we're in our circle. Everyone's doing their thing. And it starts taking uh, its effect on people. I look at my dad. He has a blanket over his head. I look over there. This lady's breathing heavy. I look over there. This lady's swinging her arms around. And I'm like, I'm like with my blanket. I'm like, okay, Mother Ayahuasca, show me, tell me. I need answers. I need my life to be right. And I'm not even kidding. I heard it. I'm not exaggerating, but I heard a voice say, I'm not showing you anything until you start meditating. This 2012, and I was like, "Okay, all right, <laughs> I hear you, got you." <laughs> and um, and at that time, I might maybe I was listening to a lot of Wayne Dyer. I always have; my parents did. So I I was dabbling here and there with meditation, not a lot. It definitely wasn't a regular practice. It took years before I made it a regular practice. But really turned was in 2019, January. It was at the end of 18 or early 19. It was right before my birthday. <clears throat> and my dad took me to go see Saguru. My dad's always been like on his, on his path. So it's been fun having him show me stuff. So I, Saguru is pretty big presence on social media now, at least maybe in my algorithm. But, um, this was like way before any of that. This was before COVID. So I don't think people were on as much as COVID made us, uh, And so I didn't really know too much about him. I knew I liked some stuff I saw, but in person, it was the same thing. It was like just this presence of, I'm going to listen to what this person says. I don't know why, but there's something about them that just comes, that just glues. It glues from his eyes. (laughs) And he gave us a breathwork practice. Um, And I was loyal to that breathwork practice. And I literally saw physical changes. Day-to-day changes, brain fog just disappear. These breathing, it starts with like movements and loosening up the hips and then alternate nostril and then deep breaths and then breath holds with no air. And it only takes 20 minutes a day. And I, within the first two weeks, felt differences, but I didn't know it was from that. Within the month, everything was different. Nothing in my life is different, but everything was different. And things just started to like get clearer. Um, and so I... I was very loyal to following him for a long time. Um, obviously in the meantime, I would always learn and listen to, but that's like really what gave me the practice that worked for me that I liked. And for some reason it happened to be him. Um, there's all kinds of breath work practices and I still do a variety of them, but yeah, that the breath work seemed to be easier for me than meditating because what the hell is meditating? Most people are like, Oh, do I just sit here? Do I not think what do I do? What does it mean? And it's very daunting for a lot of people when they don't really know what to do. Um, and there's lots of different ways to do it. There's really no wrong way to do it, but it's just like, no one knows what to do. So I, I found that starting with the breathing was the, was the easiest and it changes you literally physiologically. So it restructures Those four connections, which meditation does too, but the oxygen definitely does. So I do it a lot more now, but I found that utilizing fighting and training with it, I can see a clear relation to when I do better and when I don't. And when I'm on with my practice, how it affects my training and when I'm not on with my practice, how it affects my training. So I like that. And being able to utilize visualizations to have that fight a year ago, remember last year, and I couldn't even lift my arm up. It was like, I literally couldn't move my arm or lift it past here. It was like what it was. And I knocked the girl out in the first round. And then that was all from my mind. Mm -hmm. And that was the scariest thing was like, I'm doing all this practice and all this visualization. What if it doesn't work? But it worked because it works because it's like law of nature
0: it's learning how to believe that it works and holding the frequency of the belief, even no matter what. I mean, like, even if you feel like it's not going to, even if your shoulder doesn't feel like it's connected. Like I remember when we were sitting there doing that meditation and going through that piece and connecting that muscle, right. And connecting all of those thought patterns and the visualization. I mean, it's, it's incredibly powerful to be able to to harness the minds in correlation to this, I mean, I I don't think that you can be, you know, a successful fighter without that kind of connection. It's I think the people that are the best, I mean, any athlete, right? And the best athletes in the world, like it's one hundred percent, like they got to have their head in the fucking game. It's not just a physical thing. It's it's how you're thinking and feeling the whole time.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And although it's although I feel like the information is everywhere, so it's not. New. I never see it more clearly. I've never seen it more clearly than with fighting in that you can see it and visualize it, which I have and do, but I have to feel that feeling of it. And like that's like what people have been saying for centuries. And I've heard it, I heard it growing up. Or like fake it till you make it or or act as if. I'm like, what the hell? I just didn't get it until I really started. Even if I didn't believe it, I pretended and then it happened. And so I like to see that like before a training, I'll feel it and pretend like, oh my God, I'm going to get my ass kicked today in training because it's this or that. And so-and-so is my partner. and But then I like use those techniques and it's just, I I have no choice but to trust it for now on. Like it's never let me down.
0: Mm-hmm. You're getting ready for a fight now. You've got to fight in a couple of days. What's that like in the prep? process i think people don't fucking know this <laughs> well it's a, the process is the is
1: way harder than the fight yeah so much harder than the fight um it's it's uh eight weeks of a fight camp which you you know obviously want to know what your opponent's good at and prepare for that with the moves but more importantly um know what you're good at I like for me, I want to do what I'm good at, not worry about what she is. I'm gonna do what I'm gonna do. But the weight cut is the hardest. Uh dropping 25 to 30 pounds in a couple months. It isn't hard. It's that I I want to eat peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. And that's it. Like that's no (laughs) self- I'm gonna eat one for you today and send you the energy. (laughs) That's what I just told my friend. I'm like, you have to do it. You have to, you can't suffer with your friend. You can't suffer for family. You have to heal for them because my dad, and this is what straightened me out. He and my mom both have done it, but he recently came back from a vision quest. He goes up into the woods. There's a group of them, but they're not together. They go for four days without food Mm -hmm. by themselves. I'm certain that they have only water, but I could swear. I didn't haven't talked to my dad yet in depth, but I swear he's told me there's no water this time. I'm like, what? I don't know why I'm confused, but if it was no water, it probably was three days. Nonetheless, the family and everyone's down praying for them, singing and eating for them. So, so they feel that, so they're sending them that nourishment. And that's what I need to do because last weight cut was really hard and I had a good friend doing nothing but worrying with me and like starving with me and not eating. Cause I couldn't, you know, like that doesn't help me that. I need you to heal and be well for me and send that to me. So thank you. Please eat my peanut butter and jelly. I will eat your peanut butter and jelly. I ate eggs for you last time. <laughs> oh, thank you. Last <laughs> time was hard. Uh, yes, and it's weird. Every fight camp is something different, and you go through something because when it's like a challenge. So when you put yourself through any challenge, you're going to have these growths. And last time, I I was going through something else in my life. I talked to you about it. I would, didn't know if I wanted to fight. I wanted to have a kid, but I didn't have a person I wanted to. I'm like, I just wanted something different. I think I didn't want a kid. I just didn't want to fight. And I wanted an excuse, but I love fighting. So like I get where I'm at right now, I'm glad I didn't do anything crazy. But I took <laughs> that fight and I just, I, it was my first loss, but that's because I wasn't here. And I, I I could ramble on about it, but this fight camp is much more clearer. I think I needed to go through that.
0: It's important. It's important to go through the experiences of the things. I mean, I know that for me, like the launch, right? Like failing a launch. Cause I was, I mean, I was kicking ass and taking names. I was like, undefeated. Right. Like, and one of my fucking clients, she asked me, she was like, well, what do I do when I, if I fail my launch? And I like looked her cold dead in the eye and I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I was like, I've never fucking failed one before. But then once you go through that process and you realize you don't die, you come to the next one with a completely different frequency because you're there from a place of neutrality, knowing that the outcome is going to serve in one way and limit in another. And that power of neutrality is what allows you to excel and get to that next activation point. Definitely.
1: Definitely. And I think it opened up the failure, if you want to even call it that, will open up new doorways. And I think they're doorways in my own mind. Not necessarily out here, new opportunities. So it definitely did because it made me look at things differently, look at at myself differently.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of pressure in the in the win. There's a lot of pressure in like thinking that it has to go one way or the other. But at the end of the day, every fight has one person that comes out the winner and the the other person doesn't, right? Like every single fight. And so it's like understanding that that's just it's part of the game. It's part of the process. learning how to lose gracefully is just as important as learning how to win. It's true. It's true.
1: And I, I didn't need that because I was kind of like my first fight, I was hiding behind over toughness. There was something that I wasn't recognizing and I was masking it with like a false charade of like this confidence. Um, and then that's why I lost because when she took me down, I was like, fuck yeah, this is, where I'm good is on the ground and then she caught I was over I was come too comfortable she caught me with something that no one like black belts don't even get me and I'm like I don't even understand how it happened so it was because I was overly really confident and
0: not present enough yeah but, and so that taught a lot that taught me a lot you've done an incredible amount of things in your life. I mean from movies and <laughs> from movies and stripping and dancing and wrestling and fighting and all only, of things <laughs> the only
1: thing i got the other stuff was just like i wish something came from it but i must not have loved it enough but like what came from it you know
0: i guess experiences so we'll fucking what right that's it right that's how it fucking goes um it, and you know, we won't, we won't talk about how old we are, but I feel like people are astounded to know that you can still do these things at, at this age and to be able to make these choices in your life. Like, how does that go? Cause I know that a lot of these girls in the ring are fucking 22. <laughs> like, it's true. It's how does true. that feel? Like, that's such a strange thing. And like, what an interesting competitive edge that you have mindset wise over a 22 year old, you know? Um,
1: I re- it really, really. I don't even think about my age. Like as far as that goes, I feel healthier physically and mentally than ever. And I think the mentally part, the mental part is the important part in my twenties. I was partying, I was drinking, I didn't have a focus. I didn't know how to commit. I did not know how to dedicate. I didn't have any self-discipline. It wasn't until I found jujitsu where I really learned self-discipline, but I think that it needed to be something that I loved. I, I you can't just have self-discipline just because you choose it. I really started love. I found something I loved, and it helped me to stick with self-discipline or understand it. Um, but like, it's yeah to to not have had any combat experience and become a professional mixed martial artist in my thirties is like I never like why would I do that? <laughs> what am I going to do with? <laughs> well, but yeah, it was. But it just goes to show me what I've always thought that age isn't a factor. It, no one, you don't have to go out and like bust your ass training the way that fighters train. But like, if there is a dream, it's not too late. If there's something you want to do, it's like who who put that a number thing into anyone's mind where you had to have things at certain ages or couldn't at others.
0: Yeah, Idiotic. I'm done with it. I've decided that I'm like people. I'm not gonna answer that question anymore. I'm just gonna not know how old I am because I don't think it's relevant. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I say that's what I say. I'm done with it. Fuck, fuck the birthday game and all that shit. I'm just, I'm, I just don't subscribe. <laughs> See, now that's where I'm at. That's where but I've been at. Unsubscribe from the birthday list, guys.
1: It doesn't fucking matter how old you are. Uh, and I've said that since I was in my 20s. So it wasn't because I was getting older and like, oh, I don't want people to know. I've always felt that way.
0: Well, well, I'm going to wrap this up because I know we're going to come back and do a couple more episodes together in the future. Uh, are we still scheduled for after the fight? Because
1: I'm going to talk about the victory.
0: Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna circle back after the fight, and so we're gonna leave you guys on a little bit of a fucking cliffhanger today. Um, but Joslyn's gonna go fight, and so hey, tell tell them about your Instagram a little bit so they can go follow you so that they can uh, follow oh. the fight stuff. So well, which Instagram yeah. do they need to watch?
1: <laughs> the the main one is Body Slamming Queen three three three. It's oh. it started off as my pro wrestling one. The body slam was my move. Gave everyone um but then it started turning a little more personal and then now I start start fighting professionally so it's focused on that and my training um i talk about other random things that nobody watches my stories on or likes they like my butt pictures i don't have butt pictures they don't i don't ever take those kind of pictures they like any picture of no importance but when i talk about the new transcendental meditation course that i took no one gives a fuck
0: well we're so, going to get we're going to get some followers over to you that give yeah. a So guys, when you go to Jeslin's fucking Instagram, like follow her duh, but like also like go like the post where she's actually posting some shit around substance because Jeslin's mindset journey is really fucking powerful. And I know all you guys fucking get how important that shit is.
1: Right. Exactly. So if you're listening to Nicole, you would like that kind of stuff, whereas the usual scroller might not. So I I would appreciate that. And then we can connect.
0: Yeah. All right, guys. Well, everyone, thanks for listening in. And Jasmine thanks for being here. Uh, kick some ass in Vegas. I'm so excited to watch and see all the things. Um, but guys, get out there, do all the unicorn things, and we will circle back and we'll let you know how everything went with the fight. We'll give you all of the victory dance on the other side. Uh, yeah, it's going to be on
1: UFC Fight Pass, Friday night at 8, if you have a, a subscription to UFC Fight Pass. All right. Else, Las Vegas. <laughs>
0: All right, guys, get out there, do all the unicorn things, and we'll see you in the next episode. For more trouble, go to realunicornsdontwearpants.com. Hit that subscribe button, and remember, hashtag fuckpants.